Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Midwest Mind Mail with your hosts, Josh and Jason. Josh, how you been, man? Uh, not too bad, man. The air smells a lot better in Fremont tonight. Yes, 100%. Friday was terrible. Um, in studio today with us, we have a guest, uh, Devin Nielsen, a buddy of mine, an entrepreneur, and a full-time college student. So uh, we kind of want to talk to him about his journey and his experiences and the things that he's done. Devin, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Oh, not not too terrible. I mean, it's been a pretty good weekend. So, I mean, the Huskers won, right? I mean, that was a pretty good game. So, it's only yeah. a plus. I mean, well, it was. So, um, Josh, you had some questions for Devin? Yeah. Um, first off, you know, just give us a little background, man. Uh, uh, how is, uh, you, ha- you had a brand for a while. How did that get started? Yeah, so um, currently I'm 20 years old. Uh, I started the brand when I was 19 years old, freshman in college. Um, at the end of the at the end of the year that year, I was debating dropping out of college just because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I changed my major three times in one semester, which is a lot compared to a lot of other people. Um, I was exercise science, strength conditioning, just all over the place. Did not know what I wanted to do, and then I finally decided after seeing an Instagram post about a clothing company that I would start my own. So I had five hundred dollars in my bank account. I contacted a person from out of the country, and I ordered 100 shirts and just kind of kicked it off right away. Um, I think it actually took me four days to get my first sale, and for those four days, I really didn't eat very much because I didn't have much food, so I was basically living off my parents for that time. Now, uh, something I, I've always kind of wondered about, um, how long did it take you to get your website and like your actual like branding done when you decided you were going to go all in on this? Um, yeah, so it only took me a couple of weeks, I believe. The website probably took a good four or five hours. They have pretty good stuff on the internet now, how to show you how to do that. Um, but like the brand name and the, the meaning behind it took a little while. I just think it was because, you know, you just can't come up with things like that off the bat. So No, 100%. I mean, I don't know how long it took me and Josh to figure out, like, what to call this. I mean, we, we tossed some ideas around, and actually our buddy was actually the one that came up with uh, Midwest Mind Melt. And we kind of stole that from him, so... Listen, man, we're still trying to figure out what this is. <laughs> You're not wrong, 100%, but... but... 19 years old and, and already, you know, uh, so ambitious. Like, I'm, I'm jealous, because at 19, you know, I was smoking doobies and picking my belly button, so... <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I mean, kudos for you. A lot of 19-year-olds just don't have that drive. So what was it at 19, year, at 19 years old? What was it that that you sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. Like, like what, like what was it exactly? Um, with the careers I was basically researching, I always noticed like a chiropractor, I want to do that. Uh, the salary was capped. There's not, there's, there's so much you can do with that. There's so much people you can affect. Um, but I was talking to my girlfriend and she, she told me this idea of starting my own business and affecting more people because I'm a big believer and back then I wasn't, but now I'm a big believer and it really doesn't matter about the money more just about the the effect you put on people because mm-hmm. you know you see all the people on youtube and all this stuff saying like the zeros don't matter in your bank account and that's really affected me um but i basically just kind of it pushed me to start it just so i could have that uh to start the, the capital freedom basically i wanted freedom in my life so i could do things 
um, retire earlier, I guess, to a certain point. But it wasn't just so I could, you know, flex my money or anything. I also wanted people to wear clothing with a vision at the start. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't have any meaning for it. I just wanted to start something new. So it was kind of out of the blue, and I really didn't have a plan at all. I just kind of threw it up. So to give you guys a little bit of backstory, me and Devin met. Actually, I walked into GNC one day. And I was literally just shopping around, whatever, looking at subs. And right out, right, this was about the time I got into fitness. And Devin sat down and started talking to me about his company. And uh, I think it was that same day or the next day I went on and I ordered, ordered one of your shirts. And I, I fell in love with it. It was an amazing, amazing product. And, I, you know, Devin was looking for brand ambassadors and, and team members. And so, so I took him up on that offer. And that's kind of how me and Devin met each other. But it was, it was a bit because, like, I'm, I'm 27 years old. I'll be 28 next month. And... I still, I still work, you know, I pay somebody else's paycheck, you know, it's like, uh, I, I, I saw you at 20 years old, 19 years old and already have your own business. I was like, man, what am I doing wrong? You know? And it's just you're, like, you're a visionary to a lot of people. And, and there's so many young people out there that, that want that, that want to be entrepreneurs and want to start their own company, whatever it is, whether it be apparel or, or, uh, you know, a car detail detailing business. I know a buddy who went into that, um, it's, it's huge and seeing somebody like you that's been successful in that and you did talk about how you did change the company around or you found your one that one little niche that you wanted to focus on and we'll talk about that in a little bit but um it's it's huge and that's one reason why i wanted to ask you on here today you know and so how is it juggling a business and being a full-time college student um you know it's pretty hard i also do full-time personal training on the side that's actually my that's actually like my job i get pull them out it's my income so that makes it easier because I set my own schedule. I'm not, you know, I don't have a work schedule or anything. I just text my clients when you want to go. But um, I have three-hour night classes every night of the week. So from six to nine, I'm pretty booked. I would say the most, the time I get the most stuff done is the mornings. I've been starting to schedule getting up at 5 a.m. every day. And that honestly helps. But, you know, the sleep doesn't. When being a pretty competitive powerlifter, you need that sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of taking a sacrifice away from that. So, you know, if you want to win in the business world, you really can't win in the other places in life. That's one reason why I really don't like um, going to school and doing all this thing at once. But, you know, staying on top of the game allows you to pull in an income while you're being in school rather than just going in debt. Now, talking about uh, um, getting away from the business for a minute, but you, you, you talked about powerlifting. And I know you competed at Worlds, what was it, a month ago? Oh, yeah, a month and a half ago. How was that? What was that like? Well... About a year ago, I kind of quit lifting for a little bit, and I had no, that was when I was going to drop out of school as well. I really didn't have any motivation in my life. I just kind of fell off the fell off the earth for a little bit. It um, happens. But I found powerlifting. The coach gave me an opportunity, and I came out for it, and I got pretty good pretty fast. But competing in a different country, you know, it just it's crazy because everyone over there really doesn't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So you really have nothing to prove, which I like. You know, you go out there and just do what's best for you when you're competing here in america like a national meet everyone knows who you are you know through through social media and even your name through a team so when you compete somewhere else it really gives you that chance to kind of go above and beyond and do it do it for yourself did that uh so did that kind of help motivate you to kind of get back on the get back on the horse and and get back into it would you say then for powerlifting yeah yeah um definitely like i think that like you know going in there and actually putting your yourself forward mm -hmm. and focusing on something other than just sitting in your bed, you know, and just contemplating life. When you focus on something, I think other things fall in place. Like for me and my diet, um, 
if I have a good diet going on, if I'm watching my calories and everything, it seems like my business is better, my palate is better, and overall life. Like, I'm getting my homework done. But if I'm eating like crap, everything is messed up. So I'm a big believer everything has to be perfect for it to all go okay. Garbage in, garbage out. Makes a lot of sense. That's what my grandpa used to always say. <laughs> no, but uh, getting back to the, the business side... And when you started this uh, this operation, I love to use that word operation. Was was this like a, a single man operation? Like, were you operating alone, or did you have uh, somebody helping you? Did did you have any staff you hired? So that's where I went wrong. The first time, I kind of went full in by myself. I had my girlfriend um, help me out a little bit with it, but it wasn't too intense. And I kind of, like I said, you know, it was basically I had nothing. To, I had no idea about business or tax or anything like that. I just kind of dove in, so I didn't know what I was doing. So I did it all by myself. But um, I think with this new, I'm now the immersed powerlifting that I'm getting into. I actually have a bigger team now, and I actually have a videographer that works for me, and it's way better. I have, I mean, that's why I basically quadruple my business in the time, in half the amount of time. So I think that's a big part of it is having people that motivate you around and actually having people to help do you the work. Because before I was taking the own pictures and everything, and with a tight schedule, it's pretty tough to do that. Um. I now when I got on on team with you, it was immersed lifestyle brand at the time. Now it's immersed powerlifting. What prompted that change in the company for you? Um, well, I'm pretty known for the powerlifting side of the world, so I think that caused a lot more people to follow it rather than just a clothing company. Um, plus, I kind of want to change the game of powerlifting because we get a lot of people uh, follow these brands like SBD and A7 that are very overpriced. Mm-hmm. They'll be getting um, you know wrist wraps and, and knee sleeves for a very cheap price, and they'll they'll triple the uh, triple the amount but um i wanted to come out with something that would be affordable for everyone because that's one reason what holds back powerlifting is the the price of it um and also i wanted a message behind it so our our message is mission are here to compete and that kind of shows that like my brand is here to compete with other companies mm-hmm. and as well whoever wears our brand is here to compete at meets and stuff like that that's awesome um and then now in your personal training now how's that going for you it's going pretty well i mean i think it's going to be um my career choice after college so uh, college is really not going to do much for me, but I think that the personal training aspect of it is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So Yeah, I'd, I'd considered that after I got into fitness, and, and when you talked about where you stopped lifting, man, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, up until this week, I hadn't been in the gym in like five months, and it's just, I had no motivation, and it, maybe not, not maybe no, no motivation, but I had a lack of motivation, just because I had a lot of other things going on at the time, you know, between doing this and then work and, and, and drill and, and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was just, it was, it was, it seemed like I didn't just, I didn't have the time and more or less, um, uh, one of my buddies always told me, you know, it's, it's never, you never don't have the time. It's just, sometimes it's not high enough on your priority list to make the time, mm-hmm. but you know, life happens and, and we got to adjust our priorities as they come at us. But, um, I, I was, I was really curious when I first saw that you changed your, your, uh, your, you know, your, the business and whatnot. And I was kind of curious and, and I know that, you, you know, you were competing at Worlds and being a busy man. I was like, oh, I'm not going to bother with that. I'll, I'll talk to him, you know, whenever I see you. And, uh, but it's good to, it's good, it's good that, to, to see that you found that niche and that, um, that that's what your focus is and, and that that's eventually what you're going to move into as a career. So how is that, so how, how are you planning maybe in the future? And don't give us a whole lot of details, obviously, but to link your, your brand with, with a business of personal training in some way, shape or form. Like, are you going to open a gym? Um, or are you going to sponsor uh, powerlifters? Like, how how are you planning on doing that? Yeah, so definitely sponsor powerlifters. That's going to be number one. But the federations are kind of, um, 
they're the nicest people when it comes to getting sponsored because they charge these new brands a lot of money. So it's not very good that way. But uh, my plan is to kind of create, um, I want to make Fremont the center of powerlifting, Fremont Omaha of the whole world, basically, to start kind of like a training facility here. Um, I don't know about a gym, but uh, basically have my own kind of like powerlifting certification where people can be like a powerlifter personal trainer type of thing. Um, that's not really out there right now, so I think that'd be a smart thing where um, they do have USAPL certified coaches, mm -hmm. but I mean, that really doesn't do anything. I think having in-depth, you know, talks when I learn more will definitely help out other people. And I want Fremont Omaha to be known for being, you know, strong people um, because I think that's a sport that anyone can do. Even if your athletic ability is, you know, crap, you can always lift and squat, bench and deadlift weights. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's really a st good stress reliever for everyone. So what would you say your, your timeline for that goal would be about? I mean... Um, you know, I could do it in three months if I wanted to, but like, um, I'm, I really want to start this the Fremont Palatine organization up here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. I'll have a couple of people competing in February that will actually be underneath that team name and everything. But I'm working on it, the nonprofit and everything right now. And I'm kind of looking at the direction I want it to go. But I definitely want to hold like um, group training for powerlifting stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that cert certification is really my number one goal. Um, but I really want to get a lot more scientific in it and actually meet up with like an exercise science major that's has a doctor of that and get you know the whole anatomy on it as well too. That's awesome, man. That's like, an awesome goal. That's a pretty yeah, big goal. Yeah, the goal is like, man, dude, like you make me seem like I got nothing. That's like, a big vision. Yeah, it's it's good though. It's to see somebody so young with such a huge vision and know exactly where you want to go with it because there's a lot of people at your age who are going to school and have no idea what they want to do or what they're going to do when they graduate. And I just wow, dude, mind blown. Yeah, like, there's a lot of adults that don't know what they're doing or what they're going to do. So Yeah, look at, look at Bernie Sanders, right? <laughs> so, I mean, um, during the, this whole process, your whole journey, uh, has there ever been any real negative people in your life or, like, anybody that's really doubted you hardcore? Has everybody been pretty supportive? Oh, yeah. Senior high school, I was pretty bullied pretty badly, um, not physically but mentally. I was actually, um, another part of the story, I was actually trying to play pro professional tennis. I dropped out of my senior year of school. And went down to Florida and played, tried to play professional tennis, tried to get on Division One University. Um, and when I came back, I came back my second semester, and I just caught everyone was just mad at me because I've always learned that when you come from nothing, when you're nothing, when you're growing up, as in like sports and stuff, and your friends don't like to see you succeed more than them. So I was getting these tennis sponsorships, and people couldn't handle it. You know, I was getting good college offers, people couldn't handle it, so they would be rude to me. And then I started kind of posting more pictures on Instagram because I started to lift a little bit. And mm -hmm. then that was even more, you know, when you post a trailer picture, everyone th makes fun of you. Mm -hmm. um, and they'd, they'd post on their own Instagram, like, mocking me. And, like, I, like, you know, there was no doubt in my mind about killing myself or, you know, depression or anything because I knew I was going to prove them wrong. And about three months later, what I know, they all asked me for help, you know, diet tips. Mm -hmm. um, until this day, they asked me to personal train them and stuff. But you know what? Like, they always say don't hold grudges, you know, but when you talk, you know, enough crap, you kind of get over You don't want to get over it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what drew me, drove me since the beginning was just kind of showing everyone wrong, like proving everyone wrong. And it's kind of, you know, I always think haters are a good thing because you're doing something right if you have haters, as they always say. Mm -hmm. But I have, it's kind of decreased over the years. So I'm kind of happy about that. Um, but definitely that's, that wasn't the most negative part of my life. My high school um, kind of journey wasn't very well. It wasn't very good. Wow. No, that's... but I really like that you took all that, uh, all, all those hard feelings that you had these people talking shit to you and you turn it into something positive you used it to drive you a lot of people just shut down yeah i was gonna and, say and it doesn't sound like you did yeah a lot of people want to take that negativity and they want to lean on it and, and use it and try and get pity for it and it's and 
you know, there's always two ways you can look at everything. I try to look at everything pretty optimistically. Um, I don't like to be a negative person because negativity is one, it's an unproductive emotion and two, it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't get you anywhere. And so, I mean, just to hear that story, you know, hopefully somebody listens to this episode and says, you know what, this guy did it, I can do it, you know? And that's, and that's really what, what we're trying to achieve here is just, you know, maybe even if it's just one person, you know, you, you, you want to change people's lives and, and give them the opportunity to, to do the things that, you know, you've done, you know, and, and that's kind of what, what, what our whole goal was too when we sat down and we kind of started talking about this because we, we try to talk about topics that, that maybe people don't know about and we try to incorporate facts and, and history into what we talk about. But getting back on to the, to the subject of you, so did you, are, are you still working at GNC or did you actually, uh, are, are you done there? I still work there on the weekend, just part-time a little bit. It actually has given me some time to do homework, so it's more of a relaxing time. Uh, do homework, send out DMs, uh, post pictures as well on my social media pages. So, you know, getting paid to sit down and do that stuff is pretty entertaining to me. That's that's awesome. Um, so what kind of feedback have you... You, you said that you doubled um, doubled your, your business with Immerse Powerlifting in half the time that you did in Immerse Lifestyle. How is that? How What's your reception of that been like? Like, how's that made you feel? Well, um, you know, like I said, I'm not really big on the money part of it. I kind of like everyone wearing it to meets. And I get pictures and videos of people wearing them in powerlifting meets. And it just motivates me because, you know, they're when they wear that brand, it kind of wears my name to a certain point. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like shows they're supporting me in a sense too. Um, but, yeah, I don't – like I said, I don't judge – success being successful off money by any means you know you could be you have zeros in your bank account but like i said earlier but as long as people are getting inspired by you they're they're going to keep pushing with you and i think uh i think trip like doubling tripling whatever i did it was a very big very big jump in my business mm-hmm. from going from 2000 websites visits in one year to 2000 in a week the first week of my launch of immersed powerlifting i think it was just more of a motivator and kind of like wow people actually you know they they want to support me and i think that's what people need in life is that support group so you said like okay so you said when when you started immersed powerlifting you went in or not immersed powerlifting i'm sorry but immersed lifestyle you went straight in by yourself so when you when you made that jump did you still have the same team that 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 you you had towards the end of immersed lifestyle was that the same team that you brought in with you to immerse powerlifting, and did it make that transition easier for you than say your initial startup? Um, you know, I kind of left a lot of the immerse lifestyle past like, in the past, um, just because I wasn't happy where I was going with it. Mm-hmm. It was just like any other clothing brand; I didn't see a future for it. So I met a couple guys in Omaha, a couple more, I guess, influential people in Omaha, and kind of got more. Um, cloud as they say you know yeah. you know just to help me out a little bit more and that honestly was a big jump for me getting those people and getting the people at iron heaven gym and those omaha barbell gyms you know those people are very influential in omaha and um they're powerlifters as well too so that helps me just focusing on the free market or even international market you're just not going to get what you get from a hometown feel i think focusing on that omaha you know lincoln area is mm-hmm. definitely really important and that's why i think i've had high amount of success in the recent month or two with Immerse Powerlifting. That's what, uh, that's what Tim Rexis talks about on his podcast too, is that is that hometown feel when it comes to being a, a local business owner. And it's great, and it's great to see it, um, 100%. Um, so uh, what other challenges have you uh, come across when you, you know, are, are doing business or, or when you're trying to grow? What kind of challenges do you come across uh, quite, quite usual? usual challenges yeah well like every day you know every day i wake up i got a challenge to do 
Uh, definitely, you know, shipping problems, those challenges. Uh, school is a big challenge. It just always gets in the way of things. You know, those homework assignments that really don't matter. I kind of question why I'm there because, you know, I can I can have sustainable income at, outside of college. I really don't need to be in college, but I feel like it's it's needed of me and my parents want it out of me. So um, I really want to do it for them, you know. But, you know, they always say don't do it for people. You don't do it for other people, but a part of you still wants to do it for them. So that's one reason why. Um, I, I honor, you know, my elders. Mm-hmm. So I did that. That reason, that's the reason I think that's the biggest struggle is probably balancing that school and, and work and that at the same time. Yeah, I could imagine because uh, uh, school can get really stressful sometimes, just, just for anybody, but let alone if you have a, a project that you're doing outside. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. Now, you said shipping problems. How, how often do shipping problems happen? Do they happen all the time? Yeah, probably like every one to one in five orders someone puts in their address wrong and I have to pay for it to get back because you know I want good customer service so I'm not going to get mad at them and get you know so it, it costs three to ten bucks to get it back you know but I just wish it kind of was regulated more but I know no matter what people are going to actually type it in wrong and they don't mm-hmm. recheck it so that's okay but it comes with you know it comes with the business how uh, how many countries uh, are your products in right now do you um, know I'd probably say six to seven countries uh, I'm not sure the exact ones. I know United Kingdom, Ireland, Estonia, Australia. Wow, Australia. Uh, Vietnam. Ooh, that's even that's even more yeah, interesting. And Japan. Actually. I have a couple of Marines that wear it, and and Japan. Um, and I think that's about it. There there might be a couple in South America as well, but I'm not too sure. I just know that those are some of the countries that ordered from me. That's awesome. Um, what's your uh, what's your personal view on customer service exactly? Like like how do you view it? Well, it's the most important part, you know, that's customer satisfaction, I think, goes along with, you know, inspiring people and kind of, I guess, growing the community. Because if you have good customer service, you're going to have a good business. That's just no matter what. It, even if your quality, your product is crappy, let's just let's just say that, you know, you walk into those restaurants. Uh, I can't think of any, but, you know, like, let's say for McDonald's, for example, you know, they build off a crappy food basis. Mm-hmm. But they're, I would say their service is pretty quick and pretty good sometimes. Like they don't they don't forget things. I mean, sometimes, but, you know, it's very, very quick, which I think is good customer service. So they thrive off that. That's why they make so much money. It's mm-hmm. not because they have good food. So I think with any business, you know, any clothing business, um, car, deal, car detailing even, if you're, if you're a nice person, they're going to come to you. They're, if, you're yep. doing them, if you're giving them a good price, they're going to come to you. And I think that all ties in with customer service. Um, but obviously doing a good job is what they want too. But just making them feel like an actual person and being their friend is what they want. Yeah, I uh, I did I did six and a half years in retail, and customer service is our biggest focus above all other things at the time before um, Safeway merged with Albertsons. Right before I left, actually, right after I left, um, we actually had what we called secret shoppers that would come in and they would shop the store. And there were certain attributes that we had to hit depending on where we were working at the time. So if you were on the sales floor, you had to greet everybody you walked past. You had to ask them if they needed help. You know, there's certain certain there's a checklist that you had to do every time that you walked past somebody. And I used to be really shy before I started working in retail. And I tell you, if you're a shy person, you really want to break out of that bubble, go get a job in retail, go get a job in customer service. There's days it's going to suck, but it's going to literally make you a better person because you learn how to talk to people. And that was probably the biggest thing for me after I went into management was I'd had four years of customer service experience and and whatnot. And so it made dealing with irate customers or unhappy customers a lot easier for me because I've had, you know, I was able to build that rapport with people. Um, do you get any, like, even today, do you get any, like, n- like super negative uh, messages or anything from people? 
Oh, definitely. You know, even if the product's perfect, which I think my products are, you know, I came out with them. I'm proud for myself. You know, there's little complaints, you know, Velcro coming off, but that's going to happen. Like the Velcro, you know, little pieces of Velcro that come off the things, mm -hmm. they'll complain about that. Well, no matter what product you get, the Velcro comes off. You can't help that. There'll be complaints about that, you know, a cotton cotton shirt having a string come out of it, stuff like that people will complain about. But there's nothing to huge, you know, huge complaints because I, I pride myself on having good products. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be a company that sells for volume, but I want to be a company that sells, you know, good quality stuff. So, um, you know, that's what I really been focusing on with both brands, no matter what, is good quality. But I just think focusing on that niche definitely with that good quality is what is what wins. Do you, uh, as a, as a, as a business owner, um, do you ever take any time off? Like if you get a DM on a Sunday and you just don't want to want to deal with it, do you ever just put it off till the next day or, or do you handle that situation right then and there? Oh, hundred percent. I'll, t I'll put it off. Um, you know, sometimes it kind of matters what mood I'm in, but if you like, I, like you said, life comes first, you know, the business is number one usually, but life does come first. I'll put off a DM for one or two days. Um, but that's just because not because I don't want to reply. It's just because I have other things that I'm thinking about and, I'll get back to it, of course, but I try to do it as early as possible, but it doesn't matter the day. It could be a Monday and I could not check it to a Wednesday. You know, it could be a Sunday. I check it right away. Mm -hmm. You know, being, a, being an entrepreneur, you really could just kind of work whenever. Yeah. But I just think that, um, it depends on your mood and what you have else going. So if like I'm on training a client or whatever, sometimes I'll just forget to reply until the next day yeah. or I'm doing homework or whatever. I'll just say, oh, I'll reply later. But I really never look at it and say, oh, I'll just reply another time. It's mostly because I'm, I'm busy with other other things. Well, yeah, and, and, that, and that's part of that that juggling school full-time and, and doing the business and then obviously training people. Um, just so just so our listeners have an idea for anybody who might be interested, what, what do your personal training rates usually run? Um, I vary because, you know, it depends on the person's income. I do a lot of high school kids. I like to give them a better deal because either they're paying for it or their parents you know, you don't want to break the bank with that. Mm -hmm. um, usually I do a session for about 20 bucks. Depends on the person. That's average. I can do cheaper. I can do more expensive. Just depends on um, the person, honestly. And I do package deals, you know. So, like, more times you go, obviously, the less it's going to be. And monthly rates as well. But um, I'm kind of trying to figure that out still because I don't want to charge too much because I want a bigger clientele. But, again, I'm a, I would say I'm pretty damn good at it. So, you know. And, that, and that'll come with that. I mean, I mean, once once those people start talking about how well you train them or people start seeing their results, they're going to talk about you because that's, that's where they're getting it. And eventually you'll be able to get a better niche on that too. Um, wait, cause your clientele will grow, you know, my dad, my dad owned a business for 22 years and never advertised. He didn't even have a sign out in front of it in, in the front of his business. He had business cards, but that was it. But 90% of his customers came to him by word of mouth because that's just, that's how he ran his business because it was all about taking care of the customer and not, you know, charging expensive rates or, trying to make, you know, get everybody for every penny they could get. And that's, and that's huge. And, and it's great to see that, especially at a young age. Cause I mean, I mean, you're, I can't wait to see where this business is going to go, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very, very motivational for us. Um, where do you train out of? Uh, 24 Live Fit and Fremont. Um, John and Sammy gave me the opportunity there. So John and Sammy are good people. That's actually where I go. Yeah. Um, it's, I it's a great gym. It really is. It, it's, it's, uh, you know, I did the Anytime Fitness thing for a while, um, and then I did the Y for, for a little bit, more for the sauna. That was that was really what I used it for. Um, but after after I went and talked to uh, John and Samuel over there, I was like, I, I, I literally signed up that day. I was like, bro, I was like, I can't even can't even argue with their rates or you know or anything that they got. And you get that big that big field gym, but from a hometown you know perspective, and it's great. So if 
if I wanted to just start a business, uh, what, what's kind of the first steps that you would tell me to, to take? Um, well, it's kind of weird, but money is not, is not the issue because anyone can get, anyone can make money. It's the easiest time to make money in the whole ever right now. You can go on eBay and flip, you can flip anything and make money. So that's not the issue. The issue is the will and the go for it. So basically how I see it is the younger you are, the better to start the business because you have less worries and less things to pay for. You know, when you're 20 years old, like me, I mean, a car payment, a little bit of insurance, but really what is there to pay for, you know? Rent maybe, or even a house depends on what you know what you're doing. But you could even live with your parents, and that'd be fine. So, it really honestly matters when you're going to do it. It doesn't matter what your situation you're in. Everyone, anyone can start a business, but it it matters when you're going to do it. So I just said that again. Uh, no, you're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to be doing some serious editing on this. One. Okay, good. But are we? That, that okay, okay, okay. Anyway. Uh, me and Jason have talked a lot about technology. We, we talked about it when my buddy Ridge was here and we were talking about law enforcement. But um, do you run pretty much everything or most things from your phone? Or do you use a phone and laptop? Or how has technology really helped you uh, start up and run your business? Yeah, definitely. I use my phone uh, mainly. Um, then I use a desktop computer as well. I actually use a school's computers and printers for my to print out stuff um, for like shipping label and stuff sometimes. So I guess that cuts out an expense. So, which is kind of nice, um, but uh, you know, the phone is number one for me definitely because on the go, you really can do everything on your phone now. The new, the new iPhones do everything that a, a MacBook would do. So mm-hmm. that's definitely what I what I use. Do you handle all your social media, or do you have somebody that assists you with that? Oh, I handle I handle it all. Um, like I said, my media guy, you know, he'll send me over the photos and the videos he wants me to post and stuff like that. But I decide, you know, I have the final say in what I'm going to post and everything. So everything that's written, everything that's done is by me. So. Which is nice. If you could, if you could give one one bit of motivation to somebody, to, to any of our listeners, what would it be? Uh, to start early, because let's say when you're 40 years old, and you have things to worry about and children, you can't drop everything and invest all your money because your daughter, your son has to eat. So if you, if the longer you wait, everyone says I'm going to do it later, I'm going to do it later, I'm going to do it later, but guess what? They never do. You, that's why the whole world works for someone still, which is fine. But if you start, if you really want to start a business and you say, I'm going to do it later, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, opportunities are going to go. And I'm 20, that's, that's young That's young as crap, you know? Mm-hmm. I think 50 years old is even young because if you think about it, with mo- modern medicine, we're going to live to close to 100. So 50 years old is still young to start it, but you have more things to worry about. So it's very, 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 very hard. And if I didn't start it now, I knew I wasn't going to start it later. So that's why I did that. And I... 100% guarantee. If you don't, if you don't work your ass off in your 20s, you're not going to make it by your by your 30s and 40s. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that. What you do in your 20s will set you up for the rest of your life, and I I, I wholeheartedly believe that. A lot of people screw around in their 20s and and they're not set up for the rest of their life. Yep. They're they're spending their 30s, 40s, and 50s trying to get back to it. But it's also it's also uh, a common misconception to have your life together by the time or or while you're in your 20s too. Because you're not going to know everything. And I, I have a lot of friends who are like, man, I, I thought I'd have a family. I thought I'd have a house. I'm like, you can't you can't expect to have everything together by 23. It just doesn't happen. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that, that can't that, that accomplish that. But it's not possible for everybody. Everybody comes from a different situation, a different background. You know, we're all cut from a different cut of, you know, a different cut of cloth. And it's and so we can't we can't base our goals on what our friends do. Because our friends come from a whole nother 
a whole nother place. But um, talk to us a little bit more about powerlifting. Yeah, so um, to be honest, I like it a lot. So uh, it's, I do it pretty competitively. So at Midland University, and a lot of people don't know that, but we're actually basically Division One in powerlifting. So we can compete against UNL, um, Nebraska Cornhuskers, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and we recently won the national championship beating all those teams. That allowed us to go to the, the world championships. But um, it is pretty cool to compete against those schools and realize Midland is on the map because you have the best recruits in the country coming to Midland, and it makes Midland um, basically the Alabama uh, powerlifting. So that's what's really cool here, and we have a really nice training facility, which allows us to get pretty good. Um, and it's just an awesome experience for me to be able to lift here. If I didn't live in Fremont, I don't know if I would be able to because the amount of recruits that they're bringing in is pretty insane. Now, has, has Midland powerlifting always been like that, or is this something that's just kind of new and up and coming? It's a couple of years new. I think 2016 is when it kind of started, but the coach came in and they allowed scholarships now, so they're getting scholarships for powerlifting. So basically, if you can lift and if you're strong, you're coming. That's awesome. Uh, wow. I mean, to think that, because a lot of people, I'll be honest, and I moved, when I first moved to Fremont, I didn't even know there was a university in this town, because Midland's that, it, Midland's small. It, it's big, but it's small. Yeah, I didn't know either. It has a very small footprint, but it's got a big, big outreach in the community. You hear about it, but if you don't know where it's at, you're never going to see it, and that's the thing, is because it's literally hidden among houses, and that's why I never knew it was here. So it's crazy to think that a school so small is powerlifting in Division One. Like, that's... That's that's freaking insane, man. Like, I, I, wow. Now, could you explain to our listeners who are a- athletically stupid the difference between powerlifting and bodybuilding? So powerlifting is the squat, bench, and deadlift, uh, and you max out as fast as hard as you can. Bodybuilding will be showing off your physique, dieting down to a to a certain look. But powerlifting, again, back to the other hand, is actually going to be a certain weight class. And you have to lift the max amount of weight in those three lifts, the squat, bench, and deadlift. So would you say, that, uh, to kind of dumb it down a little bit more, powerlifting is more about actually being strong, whereas bodybuilding is more about looking strong? Yeah, yep. Okay. So you can see there'll be guys in powerlifting that are like 120 pounds that can deadlift 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. But, you know, bodybuilders, they don't, they're not that strong. They, they just look like they can lift a lot, but they really can't. Yeah, I uh, I do follow some 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 uh, bodybuilders and and, comp- and people that compete on Instagram and and it's really funny because you can like you can tell when they're getting ready to to go compete because they literally drop down and, and they lean out so much that they look like a totally different person from when they're actually in bulk season compared to cutting season and uh, if if somebody wanted to power like start powerlifting um and but not in a school setting just on their own what what recommendations could you give them? Come train with me first. <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, <laughs> definitely look up like YouTube videos and understand what are you actually looking. What are you looking for? Like, what are you looking for to do? Are you looking to improve overall health? Because if you're looking to just be a really strong human, I I recommend powerlifting. But you definitely need the right form because most people really don't have that great a form. So YouTube is number one, and honestly, getting a coach or a personal trainer is also is also helpful. But a lot of personal trainers and coaches really don't have that much knowledge on powerlifting. So you should go to a powerlifting-specific personal trainer with someone like me or someone else around that can do that. That's awesome. Um, You're definitely going to need to branch out, uh, I would think. And and with bodybuilding, obviously, uh, the diet. The diet's very uh, strict when they're they're not in the off-season. 
And, and powerlifting, what kind of do they have a strict diet, or what's the deal with the diet and powerlifting? You know, we we got to eat to stay strong, so we really can't diet very hard. What basically, I I go around ten to twelve pounds above my weight class. My weight class is one eighty three. So I'm, I walk around like one ninety to two hundred, actually around that range. And about a week before, instead of cutting calories, I actually cut. I load water and sodium, so I'll ingest three gallons of water with six thousand milligrams of sodium, and then the day before, I actually cut it all out, and it drains out my system. So actually, I'll lose fifteen pounds in one in basically one day, um, and that allows you to keep strength because once you rehydrate, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And but when you cut calories, you know you're cutting off that all that fat and cutting off mass. So when you cut off mass, no matter what, you're going to lose strength. And that's that's part of that science you were talking about. When it comes to bud to powerlifting, exactly, it's all a lot of a lot of central nervous system strength rather than muscular strength. Because powerlifting, we, we know for a fact that the bo- the body recruits muscles to lift weights. So powerlifting is just training the body to recruit more of your muscles to lift weights. Bodybuilding is actually growing the muscle. Wow, that's that's actually really. I, I had no idea. That's gotta just feel so empowering when you start to improve in something like powerlifting, because. I mean, like, I've done boxing and uh, martial arts and crap like that, and that always wasn't very empowering, so I can only imagine, you know, you're just gaining strength. Like, that's just got to feel good. Right? It, it does, definitely, when even, like, at the YMCA, when I go there and lift sometimes, like, I've hit five, about 500 pound deadlift for three at the Y one time, and the whole, the whole YMCA looks, which is pretty cool, you know, and that was a PR for me, so I felt so, you know, on top of that, then plus people actually, like, noticing you and saying, wow, this guy's, this guy's strong. It really gives you that motivation. And yeah, the, the faster you move the weight, so like I've been, I, I deadlift 500 multiple times, but I move it faster and faster each time. And you just like, when you start making 500 feel like 200 pounds and look like 200 pounds, you actually feel like, you know, like a beast because mm-hmm. that's half a thousand pounds. Like no one realizes that really. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty crazy because most humans, I'd probably say, you know, 95% of humans can't even lift 500 pounds. So yeah, you're not wrong. Maybe about 98%. I don't know, but. It's a very heavy. It's a very heavy weight. <laughs> now, kind of moving away from the powerlifting thing for a minute, what would you say to anybody who is sitting at home right now, maybe listening to this episode, thinking about getting in the gym and starting a fitness journey that may eventually move into powerlifting? But what what would your words of wisdom be to those that are contemplating whether or not they want to get healthy? Um, don't listen to what your parents and your friends say because they're always wrong about like eating late at night and all this stuff. A lot of the stuff is just bad, like old wives tales and stuff like that. You're better off searching it on, even on Google. Google is actually correct. People don't realize that, but Google's right about diets. If you search is eating bad at night or is eating late at night bad, it comes with the right thing, but no one has like the mind to search it up, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think doing your research is number one and not buying supplements. You can get everything you can from a diet, especially from the beginning, because you're going to lose so much fat and gain so much muscle at the beginning if you're doing it correctly. Like, you don't need that stuff. But people always go and buy that protein powder for 100 bucks. But does it really work? It's just, it really doesn't work. You know, it does work, but if you focus on your diet better, it's going to help. And supplements are needed, but, I mean, they're not needed, but supplements are very beneficial for if you want to put on a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight. But I think it's farther in the journey, you know, six months to a year in the journey. Yeah. Right. I think too many people um, depend on supplements to, to give them these great results. They think, oh, I can take this pill and take this powder, and I don't, I don't have to diet, and they don't really want to put in the work. I mean, so I see a lot of that. Well, 
it's it was it was kind of a, a wake up for me because don't get me wrong i got I, I got supplements i mean i think everybody who lifts at some point has supplements but when it when a guy who owns a supplement store literally did a video on his youtube account talking about how supplements are not 100 percent needed i was like wow i was like dude you're, you're like kind of trying to talk yourself out of business right now but he goes on he goes on to explain it that in like like devin you hit the nail right on the head your diet you can get everything you need out of your diet you just have to know how to diet and it's not even dieting, it's just eating. It's eating healthier, making healthier choices. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I probably drink one to two protein shakes a day when I'm working out and I'm working out hard because I'm trying to build build mass. And that's, again, knowing what your goals are and where you want to go with that, that's where you, where you, you choose the supplements you need and how to use them. I mean, would you say that, that that's wrong? Oh, that's 100%. That's right. Um, but people's training is really usually off to, you know, the rest times, progressive overload. There's a lot of factors in there. That's why I do highly recommend a good trainer too. like spend that money on a trainer rather than rather than supplements. Because a good trainer and then going to Costco and getting healthy food by the bulk is the way to go. Um, about about supplements and powerlifting, though, um, what many people don't know is we're actually heavily drug tested. Um, and they came to my house to drug test me. And they, when you're basically, when you go to the world championships, you're kind of like a professional powerlifter. So they, they will travel around looking for you. And the supplements you can't take are a pretty long list. Like protein and creatine is all you can take. Like most pre-workouts are banned. Um, yeah. So like even like, like caffeine's okay, but most pre-workouts are banned. Like it's the powerlifting that I'm in, it's the same rules as the Olympics that apply. So like if you take one wrong thing and they test you, you're done for the rest of your life basically. So the thing that's the, the bad thing about it is if you make a mistake one day and that's the day they come and randomly drug test you, then then you're done. I just got a, I just got a sample of a pre workout that I forget what's in it, but the guy that gave it to me he goes he goes hey he goes and I got it from a supplement shop. He goes don't take this before you ate because you will pop hot. I was like what's in this like like why like why am I gonna pop hot? I mean it's just pre workout right? But yeah, so it, it it is in there. What was he saying you're gonna pop hot for? Um, I forget what it is now. Um, but it's something that's actually found commonly in pre-workouts and it's and it's not you, like like you won't pop hot for for like a drug but you'll pop you will pop hot because of what it's made out of or something like that i i forget yeah anything that usually changes hormones or gives you a pretty like a lot of them have amphetamines in them actually mm-hmm. it's like one through dimeth um that's a lot of pre-workouts that's probably what he was talking about that's basically like taking um methamphetamine just a different version of it um you know obviously a certain a small amount of it so when you get busted for stuff like that, it looks a lot worse than it actually is. Yeah. And then same thing with like um anything like the hormones like I was talking about, like anything like there's a thing called DIM, which is a very, very it's not that bad a supplement for you, it's actually pretty good for you. Mm-hmm. But it's used as a performance enhancer, so it it's really turned down. But it actually is very good for acne, stuff like that. But it's basically their hormones again, so that's what kinda of screws you over on that. Yeah, it makes sense. That's crazy. And I'm one of those guys like I I, I have pre workout. But I don't use pre-workout every time I go to the gym. And I know I know people that, like, live by that. Like, oh, God, I get my pre-workout. And I'm like, do you not have enough energy to go and lift? I mean, I get you might get a better lift. I'm like, but relying on that supplement eventually is just going to set you up for failure because eventually your body's not going to be able to take it anymore, you know? Don't, and, we, don't we work with a guy who mixes his monster with his yes, pre-workout? Well, not anymore. He uh, <laughs> he was having some issues, man. He uh, supposedly got clean, but for a while there, he was, he was mixing C4 with monster. And I was like, bro... I was like, I don't even take C4 as a, as a pre-workout. I don't, like, it, ma- it makes me feel jittery. I, like, and I just, I can't do it. But, yeah, I and it's crazy. But I know people that take pre-workout just, just for energy. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's not, that's not good for you. Like, 
Like, the, like, like you're better off buying like, like one of the the ultra monsters or whatever it is, you know, or even rain now. Rain's probably my my preferred energy energy drink of choice if I'm not working out. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like supplements are are great, like you said, but again, 100% not needed. As long and and we talked about this in our obesity uh obesity and fitness episode too was uh Pinterest. Pinterest is huge. There's so much information out there that you can gain just by doing different things. Um, and just doing the research, like, uh, like Devin said, you know, Google, Google's a great tool. Um, I remember life before Google and it was tough. Um, but Google's great. So, um, Devin, I think that's all we got for you tonight, man. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to come out and talk to us and kind of give us your story and everything that you want. Uh, if you guys haven't, uh, gone to his website and checked it out, it's, uh, immersepowerlifting.com, correct? Yep. That's it. Go check it out and hopefully you guys will get some inspiration and get in the gym and start powerlifting. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, before I go, I just want to let everyone know if you have a thought, start something, do it right now. Don't sit in your, you're going to sit in your couch anyway, but, um, if you actually want to go for it tomorrow, please do it. Just do it. Have a good night, guys. How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome. How do I control money? Envelopes. The first of the month, I divide up my cash. One for groceries, one for gas, one for fun. It helps plan out my spending. And that's how we came up with digital envelopes for your checking account. Our customers give us the best ideas. Huntington, welcome.